0: You're listening to Making a Living Show. I'm Roby Levy.
1: Hi, I'm Heather Ellison, and I make pop music for a living.
0: Heather Ellison got her start singing in nightclubs for a country band. She was only 15 at the time, so her grandfather had to chaperone. She went on to write and perform her own music as uni and her ukulele, releasing albums, touring the world, and winning awards. These days, she's one half of the pop duo Astronaut Ice Cream. Here's my chat with Heather Ellison. Who are you, and what do you make for a living?
1: Well, my name is Heather Ellison, and I am a songwriter, singer, chanteuse, I should say.
0: Oh, français! <laughs> Very nice. Yeah,
1: that's the only French word I know. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome.
0: <laughs> so, tell me, how'd you get started singer songwriting? Singing, songwriting? I don't know.
1: Singing, songwriting. I've been a singer all my life, and have been in bands since I was fifteen years old and i i started off being in cover bands and like playing in bars for like 5 hours a night at 15 like my grandpa yeah my grandpa was my chaperone and he loved it i was in a my first band was a country band and that was in the 90s when it was really popular to line dance so all these like middle-aged couples that owned like small businesses came out and they just this was their social scene and i I loved it. You know, I, I, I learned a lot and I learned stamina with singing, um, cause we, <laughs> and I learned how to be in bars and well, I was uh, going to say
0: a five hour show, <laughs> I mean, 15 or otherwise, it doesn't matter how old you are five hours. That's like, that's like Prince level.
1: Yeah. I just learned how to memorize. I, I think with music, I have a, a very good memory for music. I, I can't say that in other areas of my life, but I just know how to memorize music.
0: Did you learn formally? Like were you taught like lessons and all that kind of stuff?
1: Um, I've always been a singer, and I did take lessons in high school to learn how to sing, you know, properly, like using your diaphragm and head voice, and you know, forming the musical vowels correctly and breath. And so, I mean, it really helped. I still use what I learned now. I what I learned back then, I still use now, many, 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 many years later. <laughs> and uh, so I was in bands, learning how I got, I was in a swing band after that nine piece swing band. And I just had a lot of fun trying out different genres. Um, I've always loved pop. I grew up in the eighties when, um, MTV first came out and I was very influenced by that, um, by Madonna and Cyndi Lauper and Prince and Bruce Springsteen. And, you know, like, like, you know the ten music videos that they had at the time that played over and over and like that was such a big influence for me. And um, I very much like the visual with the audio. Well,
0: I was going to say your performances now, and I'm certainly in your various iterations. They're very theatrical and they're very visual. There's always a dance component. There's costume. There's always that kind of fun stuff. Is that where is that where that harkens back to? Yeah, I've always
1: been drawn to um, the whole package. You know the catchy song the performance you know one of my biggest influences was madonna and you know she was kind of a little bit good at everything that made her super powerful. she had superpowers because she could dance she can sing she had theatrical costumes you know um she knew who she was and and she was her best you know like she brought it and um So, yeah, I I definitely have always been drawn to the full production, like the beginning, the middle and the end of a show. You know, I don't have a huge theater background, but I did do some theater stuff. So I think that influenced it, too, like knowing colors that look good on stage, knowing how to do your makeup, you know, and that just that all took many, many years of doing it. Like I can put my makeup on in a dim grody bathroom at some bar in like two minutes and be show ready. Like I, I, I just, it's, it's like, I have an old school mentality of performance, you know? So, um, but when I started to write music, I was living in LA and I really wanted to learn an instrument because I knew that I wanted to write songs and I could sing the melody, but if you know how to play an instrument you know you can find out what chords you're doing and the structure of the song and all that stuff and i tried taking i used to take a bus on santa monica boulevard and um oh let's just say like uh let's just say I, it was in you know hobart hobart and santa monica or whatever that area and i would take it all the way to santa monica So an hour and a half on the bus when I lived in L.A. just to go to McCabe's to take guitar lessons. That's what I did. That's devotion. That's how much I wanted to do it. But I never really felt much for the guitar. But after my lesson, I would go and look at the wall of ukuleles at McCabe's. And I was just like, I love ukuleles. And then I'd start to see a ukulele at, um, mind you, it wasn't cool. Ukuleles were not cool. This was the early 2000s only, you know, old men with ponytails and, uh, wearing Hawaiian shirts played the ukulele at the time. And, but I was drawn to it and I kept asking, I kept obsessed. I kind of have an obsessive personality and I was like, I got to get a ukulele. And when am I going to get a ukulele? And finally I got a ukulele for Christmas and I taught myself like, a. I I got a book on chords and I played games with myself, like, oh, if I'm in the key of C, I'll write a song in the key of C, and, like what chords go with key of C. So I learned, I already kind of knew a little bit about theory, but I really learned about theory by playing an
0: instrument. Yeah, and ukulele and guitar do not directly translate by any stretch. Like, I've picked up a ukulele. I've, I've played guitar for years, but mo- only by ear, really. And then I picked up a ukulele, and I just, I, I could not figure out, like, there was no direct one-to-one relationship, I found.
1: Yeah, the tuning is just all over the place. But if you learn your chords and stuff, it's really a great instrument to not feel stressed out about. Like it takes a long time to sound good on a guitar, it takes a long time to sound good on a piano. The ukulele, it does not take a long time. And so you can get past that and you're playing songs and you're having fun. So you're practicing and you're wanting to do it. So I started writing songs on um, the ukulele and Like I said, I had been in bands. I had played many, many shows. I was used to performing. Once I got the ukulele and I started writing songs, I couldn't perform. I was so nervous I had to sit and play at open mics. I knew that I wanted to get over this fear. So I would go to open mics. I'm like, wow, I'm starting over.
0: You were scared to actually play the ukulele live or to sing and ukulele?
1: Well, I'm used to singing, but... To do a a two-dimensional instrument and sing and perform, that's like four different things. Keep time, that's fine. I mean, I had to learn a new skill, and it was great. So I started going to open mics and started sharing my songs and getting more confident. And at that time, I moved to San Francisco. For a long time, I worked at Amoeba Music. So I worked at Amoeba Music in Berkeley, and I moved to Hollywood. Worked there for a few years and then I moved to San Francisco. So my twenties was Amoeba music. That's my, that's my, that's my school and was at Amoeba. And, um, you know, because I worked at Amoeba, I met a lot of like people putting on shows and bands and musicians working there. It was a great resource. Yeah. For that me. place is a
0: real hub, right? Right in the middle.
1: Yeah. It was like handed to me. <laughs> you <know>, it's <laughs> it easy. Not many things in life are, but that was, and, were you uh, discovering
0: more music? there as well like different stuff were you incorporating it into what you were making and writing
1: oh i think i absorb everything you know like um it's like i'm not like saying i you know memorize everything or like are really paying attention the whole time but i am soaking it in and i put it somewhere for later and then i and then sometimes i realize oh that song i was influenced this song i wrote i was influenced by this other song from my childhood and didn't even know it. It's just in there, you know, cause when you write, you, well, for me, when I write songs, I tend to just go to a blank vulnerable place. Like just don't overthink it. So a lot of times I'll write song hooks or melodies while I'm driving my car or riding my bike on the train. Cause I'm in motion and there's already a rhythm going and I'll just be like singing like a little melody and then I'll get a hook and then, then you can build a song around that. So, um, yeah, I moved to San Francisco. I was working at Amoeba and I started getting shows and I started standing up and playing. (laughs) I I graduated from sitting to standing. (laughs) Like, and then I graduated from like kicking my leg while I played or stomping and keeping rhythm with my heels that I was wearing. Did a lot of stomping, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, I love rhythm. So I would just like, I would four on the floor with my heels. And, uh, <laughs> and then I, I, um, created my act uni and her ukulele. And that was like, maybe around like 2003, 2004. And the first album that I made, um, is called my favorite letter is you. And, uh, it was really fun to record it was like all over all over the place like a lot of friends helped me a lot of home studios and then um i put out my next recording was i'm on my way ep and i reunited with a friend of mine i went to high school with and he has a recording studio in sacramento so that's when i started recording in a studio my first album is very lo-fi some people love that the most because it's it's not perfect. It's, you feel them, it's very vulnerable and you feel the shakiness and the, but, um, there, there's a journey about that album. Yeah. And there's know, character in it, right?
0: When it's, when it's just slightly wrong, then it's, uh, to me, it's always, I, w- I was like the lo-fi stuff. I was like the stuff that's got that, that extra character where it's just, even though there's mistakes in it, they're the right mistakes. And it just makes all the difference.
1: I used to make my CDs too, like they were these cardboard um, jewel cases, and uh, I would I would sew a booklet.
0: CDs for the kids are compact discs. They're an ancient form of transmitting music. Go on. Yeah, and I used to
1: burn my CDs. <laughs> I would burn it, so it wasn't even professional. I just would burn it, and I did a lot of gluing, and I would color on the CD, the CDR, you know, and it was like, it took hours to just make a freaking CD, but like everyone I sold, it was like, I I made that. I made that for you. That's, you, you know, I should have numbered them because, <laughs> you know, it's like, they were kind of special.
0: Other than, I guess, for financial reasons, like, was there, was there a reason you were going that route? I mean, I've got to assume by that point, you could still, you know, whip off a, a thousand discs, you know, for relatively cheap and stuff like that. Were you at the beginning of your of your recordings at that point? Like we were you just doing this in order to get the music out.
1: Oh, um, I, I never had enough money to do that at that time. I did end up, I did end up I mean, as I went, I did go more and more like industry standard, but, um, I enjoyed making the CDs and then I could like, let's say I made I have a bunch of shows. I make 30 of them back in a batch and then I, and then I make them when I need it. Like I, I used to silk screen my own T-shirts. Like it was very DIY when I was. It, it was like a time when that was cool too. It was really cool to make your own merch. And MySpace was starting up. MySpace was very friendly.
0: MySpace for our listeners is an old uh, social media platform. It bombed. I feel like, Go on. I feel like-
1: <laughs> giving a really good music history
0: lesson. I'm just glad there's somebody else who actually was doing music at the same time I was and was doing all the same things I was. Cause I was doing music in and around that time too. And, um, you know, and, and, and yeah, we were just fumbling along, trying to figure out how to get music heard and how to get it recorded and how to get it written, how to get it out there. And in, in much the same way, we were just doing everything, Like DIY was literally DIY. It wasn't even like computers were all that helpful. Certainly there was little to no social media and all that kind of stuff. So you really had to get out there and you Mm -hmm. had to do something different and do something special. And again, you know, if you, if you didn't have the cash, which none of us had, you had to Mm -hmm. literally make your own stuff.
1: Oh yeah. Like any money I would get, I would make a batch of what I needed to sell, to get more, to make more. Like, you know, I was working at Amoeba at the time, but I just I lived in San Francisco, which is a very expensive city and I didn't make very much money, but I always found a way I work. I, I feel I have a really strong work ethic and I just hustled and I work and I played a lot of shows and I, and I, I focused, like I was very focused on social media, my space at the time, which is very different from now. Like, you know, it's a whole different ball of wax, but at the time I really felt like I was, I was in the pocket with that. And I started touring and I, and by the, I made, okay. So I made my favorite, uh, my favorite letter is you I'm on my way EP. Then I made, um, I made a, a compilation of my best songs and, and a couple of new ones. So I made like my greatest hits already. <laughs> I could do that. I'm an indie <laughs> artist. I made my greatest hits. And then I also made, I, I collaborated with, um, a string trio that harp, cello and violin. And we like, took my songs and, and, and arranged them with those instruments. And we made a CD called Uni and the Ding String Trio. That was the group. And, and the album's called As Gold. So we took, we took my songs and we did it in a different way, which was awesome, you know? And cause I, I feel like my songs can be done in different ways. And in my shows, I can play with almost anyone i can open i've opened up for hip-hop i've done a lot of burlesque i've done a lot of comedy shows rock shows you know you name it i like my act union or ukulele was kind of for everyone i could i did kid shows
0: like I was going to say, it, it, you've definitely got, like, a there's there's a through line of, of sort of playfulness and comedy and fun and silliness that goes all the way through you. Was that what let you actually play with all of these different acts? Like, there was always something in there for everyone. I mean, everybody wants to be happy, ultimately, while they're listening to music.
1: Oh, it's so funny. My aunt said something to me before I did all this when I was younger. And I was playing in a lot of cover bands. And she was just like, why are you wasting your time on cover bands? you should write your own music that makes people happy. She said that. And I was like, who are you to tell me what to do? You know, like <laughs> you don't know me. And then I was like, years later I was like, she was absolutely right. I should write music that makes people feel something, you know, and, uh, or share my feelings and maybe it'll touch them, you know? Um,
0: well, maybe that's a, a good area for me to have. I'm curious, where are you getting the ideas for your songs? I mean, Your aunt said to go and make people happy with you, but not all of your songs are outright about happy things.
1: No, a lot of them absolutely aren't. But the when I wrote the when I wrote them on the ukulele, there's something melancholy about the ukulele. Like you can you can write you play sad songs, but they still they just make you feel emotion. Happy might not be the right word for it, but like, um, but there's hope, you know. Um, Yeah, like. uh, it's so weird because inspiration comes at interesting times, but the more you do it, you, you're honing your craft. And, um, so like, because I learned to play an instrument and because I've had all this experience, um, if I get a hook idea, I can generally just like bust a song out, you know?
0: Do you have, do you have exercises or things that you do that, that sort of get the creative juices flowing like, are there things that you can do if you know that you can kind of set it on automatic effectively?
1: Some sometimes it's just like doing the work, you know, like <laughs> the artist way, kind of <laughs> it's just like just right every day. Right. I don't tend to do that. I'm lazy sometimes too, you know, as I think I have a good work ethic, but I am also lazy. But like, I have to make sure everything's cleaned up before I can allow myself to do something creative or, you know what I mean? Those weird things that we place on ourselves. But um, I, just try to be creative every day. I try, um, like for example, I have a garden and that that's soothing to me. Or take a walk in nature. That's being in movement, like I said earlier, is like a really good way for me to be creative. Also sometimes being upset with the situation I'm in. Like, I don't want to do this dumb job for, um, like if I have a day job, like I don't want to do this forever. I'm going to write an album and get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) You know, um, when I made my living as a musician for, um, probably like five or six years when I didn't have money, I would go busking. I would, I had a street amp, a cube, and I would go. And because I can play for hours and hours and I know a lot of songs, I would go down to like the Ferry Building in San Francisco and I would set up. And because I wasn't, because I was pleasing and I wasn't intrusive, I was allowed to play. And I would, and I learned how to get tip money without being a creep, you know, or like pushy, you know, like. So I, to, to kind of sum up Union or Ukulele, my last album that I put out, Lover's Cliché, I did it professionally. I had, it got pressed, you know, that album took like four years to make. It has a beautiful artwork, you know, and by that time I had already toured many times in Europe and Australia and, and I toured in New Zealand. I played in Canada, all over America. And mind you, a lot of this was, you know, making connections on MySpace. I didn't have an agent and I didn't have someone doing it for me. I was like, I was doing, you know, all of it.
0: So, and then flash forward. Now you are in a duo, not so much a solo act at this point. What's your, it's called astronaut ice cream. Correct. What is the possible reasoning and rationale behind the name astronaut ice cream? Do they eat a lot of ice cream? Do astronauts eat ice cream?
1: Um, well, when my friend Kurt, Lynn, we've been friends for a long, long time and I moved to Chico after I moved away from San Francisco, I moved to Chico about four years ago. Where's Chico? And Chico is, uh, close to Sacramento, about an hour and a half North.
0: Right. Chico yeah. Chico's known for like fires. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now it is. Absolutely. <laughs> Don't forget. I, I read something about Chico. What is it? They've got a yo-yo museum. Is that the yo-yo museum? Do they have that?
1: There is a yo-yo museum.
0: <laughs> I've secretly outed There's myself a... as being into yo-yos. Who why? Yo-yo have you been to this thing? I mean, I got it. Yes. You've been to the yo-yo yes, museum. I have. Yeah. Is yeah. it is it everything that you had hoped a yo-yo museum would be? Um,
1: it was really cool. I mean, it's if you like yo-yos, you should check it out, you know.
0: All right. Can't say that, that's one of that my out. things, but <laughs> all right. I'm gonna check that out at some point. Uh so you moved to Chico. We, and and yeah. this is <laughs> this is when you started in with the new act, right? Did you put a bow yes. on uni? Is uni done at this point?
1: Um, I I took a break from you from uni. I think you know she'll make her way back, but um, it's I think it's really good to try other things too. Like I'm always playing the same person, you know, over and over again. One of my friends said you're like Bowie, you know, like which is a huge compliment. But you know how like is. Ziggy Stardust, and then he was, you know, this and that. You know, but he's always playing the same version of himself. And I think that is definitely what I do too. There's a little uni in everything. So um when I moved here, I did like a really cool thing. I I was I did a little acting in a play that was called Puma, um Pussies uh Under Massive Attack. It was a wrestling (laughs) play. I got to be a wrestler. I was a denim dazzler and I was the good guy. So since I was a good guy, I lost, but you know, at the time I was really into handstands. So I was like, I get to show off my handstands in the ring. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was really fun. And like at that time, my friend Kirtland was like, we, sh- you like Madonna. I like Madonna. Let's start like a Madonna band. And there's no pop band where I live. Like, you know, a lot of folks here they like bluegrass or like metal and stuff, and I'm like, we are like a poppy, dancy, happy <laughs> band, and we started. Um, we kind of started because out of like um, being pissed that we, there was like a show, a Madonna show here, and we auditioned and we didn't get it. So we're like, f you. We are now going to really make this Madonna band. You're going to regret not. Having us in your lame show, so Kurtz uh, really loves to create like electronic beats and and he likes to arrange and he can kind of play everything and he's a a songwriter too. Like he loves songwriting and he's in a few other bands and he's like, come on, let's do this. And I was kind of like, for a few years, I had writer's block. You know, I think I was just tired of all that. You know, there's a lot of hustling and touring and and I just kind of needed to decompress for like
0: five years.
1: (laughs) And then like, uh, you know, he's like, come on, let's do it. And I started and I'm like, this isn't good. And then I, and then I found my flow.
0: What do you think happened?
1: I like let go of my ego or the negative stuff that was like, uh, maybe you're not good at this anymore. Maybe, maybe you don't have anything left to say, you know? Um, and that's when I, you know, like I said, you go to a, a blank vulnerable place and you just You know, you just write stuff and a lot and nine times out of ten, that's not good, but you might get something that's really, really good that you can riff off of, you know, you can take it somewhere else. Um, you know, music is about vibrations, right? Like literally. And so if you hit the right vibration, it like transcends you. And so it's a really good feeling. So once I felt the really good feeling again, then I was like, no, I wanna do this. And when we wrote our first album, feel every emotion and the song once i came up with that's kind of like our most popular song on like youtube and stuff like that it's very catchy and um i ca- i came up with it the the guitar riff and the the chorus the hook in my car when i was driving to a uh music lesson and i had to like stop and when i get ideas i sing it into voice memo on my phone so i don't forget it and uh And I think when we started writing wants, um, uh, that's when I was like, oh, I'm on the right track. This is what I want to do. And it's really nice to be in a duo. Like I, I love being in the band. I started my career in a, in band situations. And, but because I learned to play ukulele and sing by myself, I was able to do more because I only had to rely on myself. I didn't have to get you know okay from that person okay from that person you know i just did what i want it was very good for me to do that on my own but now i'm like i love collaborating and being in a duo is duo was great cuz you know we both only two people have to agree
0: what's it like to write with the two of you do you, do you write a song he writes a song and then you bring it to the other one and 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 just go from there or is it like you start with a riff you start with some lyrics how does that kind of come together
1: i tend to be a person who writes the melody first and then might get a few lyrics, lyrical things. Um, he is really good at um, taking my ideas and making them better or making them make sense. Sometimes I can be very dreamlike in my writing and maybe it makes sense to my brain, but you know, he, um, he's a good partner for me because I'm an emotional creature and he is like very um, logical. So it's, Everything is more math for him and I'm in colors, you know, and he does the programming and he does the video. He, he's a heart, you know, I, I, I got really lucky with him because he gets, he gets a lot of pride from doing everything. Like, you know, he's an amazing person do, for, with sound. He's a, he's actually a sound engineer. And so like now that I've had him and he knows I know, I I know what I want, but I don't always have the words to say it, but he knows, like, I could say this doesn't sound bright enough or round enough. And he knows exactly what I mean. Other song guys would be like, oh my gosh, she's a diva. (laughs) I hate her. (laughs) So when we write it, it it depends. Like sometimes I don't have, he, I don't have anything and he'll get it started. And then I can jump in. We really tag team a lot. So it's like, 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 for example, when we wrote want, I came up with the hook. I came up with verses, but he came up with the killer, like uh pre-chorus leading into the, I mean, it really, I mean, like we really work it together. It's a group
0: thing. Do you ever feel like you're giving something up in order to be creative? I mean, it's, it's sort of a, a loaded question because as creative people, like we get so much from being creative, but what do you, what do you think you give up by being creative?
1: Um, I've kind of learn to live a very frugal life and live without a lot i i i don't own a lot you know i rent a room in a house and it's perfect for me because if i get to go on tour i don't have to worry i try to make my life very simple so that i can say yes to things and take chances if i have if i'm under incredible debt or i have these big payments or i i have a job that like i can't just take time off and go, then I miss out on my life's opportunities. So I keep, I keep it. I keep my life very simple. You know, I, I, I have a, a few jobs. I string together to make money. You know, I'm a music teacher. I do respite. So I, I've learned to, um, have these skills so I can always get a little bit of money. And then, but when, if I'm told come to LA tomorrow, I'm
0: there. What's the ultimate goal? What are you hoping to, what are you hoping to achieve creatively?
1: Creatively. I just, I want to make, we're working on our third album. Astronaut Ice Cream's working on it. I really want the trilogy. I just feel like (laughs) it's, it's all about number three. Um, I would like to, um, I would like to play festivals and, you know, realistically, I have realistic goals, like open up for, you know, I would love to open up for people like hollow notes or, um, ABBA, you know, they just put out a new album, like, you know, or play. F- I could be on the side, side stage of the stuff, the concert. I don't care. You know, like I just want to do it. It's not, I don't have these, like, I, when I was younger, I wanted to be famous, but now like it's way more important that I love what I do and I'm creative and I I'm in the moment and i you know, you meet cool people, like, Being on the road, you meet so many cool people and you start to think like, oh yeah, in general, people are good. This person who doesn't know me helped me. They gave me a ride. That person gave me food. That person let me sleep on their couch. I got to where I needed to go. Like sometimes the hard stuff is the stuff that makes us like more appreciative and like, you know, makes us see things for what they are. Like if it was easy, it wouldn't have been as deep of a journey. Sometimes I think, you know, the phone has really ruined music. Like people can't listen to a full song anymore, let alone a concert. Like it's so important to me to feel like intimate with the audience and connected like that, like they really matter. This is for them. And it's also for me. We're sharing it. And It's really hard in modern days to have that on the phone. And the phone, and we we worry so much about likes and we worry so much about, you know, saying the right thing. And that's what I love about playing shows because even when you make a mistake, it's over. It's gone, it's already happened. It's in the past. You can just keep going. You're gonna make mistakes in your set, and then you're gonna have these amazing moments where people cheer because you hit a high note or whatever. Some people might cry. I don't know. It it's just an incredible feeling to be in the
0: moment. So Heather, what kind of advice do you have for somebody who's looking to get into music, wants to make their life creating stuff?
1: I say, just do it. You know, don't think about, is this the right way of doing it? There's no right way. Just do it. Just make mistakes and learn from them and keep going. Just make content. Follow your passion. You know, it's your life. It's your legacy. Do what makes you happy.
0: Well, heather thanks so much for being on the show and sharing with us how you make a living
1: thank you so much for having me and robin collins is a jerk face <laughs> i hate that guy
0: subscribe to making a living show on apple google spotify stitcher and pretty much anywhere else you get your podcasts for more on the show visit making a living and follow along on instagram twitter facebook and youtube making a living show is produced by next Exit media and hosted by me roby levy thanks for listening